This is our wake-up call. Now is the time for repentance, time to turn back to God. Which leads to reconciliation with God and with each other. Bringing about restoration, a healing of our relationships and our land. Then revival, a move of God like we've never seen before. A God-led God reformation. The Return, September 26, 2020. Go to thereturn.org.
Good morning, everyone. We're so glad you're with us. Would you stand and let's worship? Let's raise our hallelujah this morning. Sing this with me. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah.
Oh, thank you, Lord. We're so, we're just so excited to be here. We're so excited to worship you, Lord. We know that you're here among us, Lord. We welcome you here. We claim, we claim everything that you promise us, Lord. run for cover but the miracle that I just can't get over my name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power yes I do still the miracle that I just can't get over my name is registered in heaven all my praise belongs to you forever this is my testimony from death to life cause grace rewrote my story i'll testify by jesus christ the righteous i'm justified this is my testimony this is my testimony sons and daughters walk with blood and washed in water sing the praises of the spirit son and father our god will finish what he started yes he will oh our god will finish what he started oh. this is my testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story, I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified This is my testimony, this is my testimony You may have woken up this morning and thought, oh man, I just don't know I just don't know if I can do it. But you know what? If you got a pulse, you got a purpose. If you got a pulse, there's a promise. So God has plans for you. And he's ready to give those. You just have to you have to welcome that and receive that. And that's what testimony is about. So sing with me and think about these words. Because they're truth. Here we go. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Though I believe, if I'm not dead, you're not done. Sing it, church. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe, if I'm not dead, you're not done. You're not done. Greater things are still to come. If I'm not dead, you're not done, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. 
You've seen what you can do, oh God of wonders. Your power has no end. The things you've done before, in greater measure, you will do again. Because there's no prison wall you can't break through. one heart, with one mind, 
to worship you and to ask you because your word says that when we're gathered together, all we have to do is ask. So we are asking to come awaken your people, come awaken this city. God, I sense breakthrough in this room today. I've experienced myself this morning a freedom from anxiety, a freedom from fear, and I declare that over everybody that we will experience freedom this morning. These chains will break and strongholds will fall. I hear them falling to the ground. Let's declare this together. Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. The chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out. time. Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out. Pour it out. Every crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out. 
You can be seated. Yeah, go ahead. Be seated. Father, we're before you as sons and daughters. Uh, literally, we're children in your presence. You've given us the privilege. And even what you said in your word about unless we become like children, we'll in no wise inherit the kingdom or see the kingdom or express the kingdom. And so, Lord, we're before you as sons and daughters, children of the Most High God. Lord, we are king's kids. According to your word, we're a royal nation, a chosen generation. And so, Lord, we, we are before you, honoring you, worshiping you, knowing this, you inhabit the praises of your people. So we welcome you, Lord, as you take a seat in our midst, as you sit, pull up a chair, and just enjoy us praising you, extolling you, honoring you, blessing you. And that's our heart today, Lord. We're not just here wanting something. We're here to give something. And so, Lord, we give to you and toward you, and we wait upon you, and our heart is to minister to you in worship, in praise. So, Lord, we are grateful today. We're just a bunch of grateful kids out here today. Thankful for your goodness. Thankful for your mercy. Thankful for your grace. And, Lord, we're just a little bit undone today in your presence. Just a little bit undone. So, Lord, we welcome you and thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen and amen. Can we do that again for him? <laughs> amen. Ooh, so good to see everybody. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here at the bridge. I want to welcome you here. If you're a first-time guest, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming and spending your morning with us. And, and I just say this and with just tongue-in-cheek, kind of, you jumped on a moving train here. So... We love Jesus. We're going after him today, and we, we adore him. And so thank you, and just make yourself at home. Be comfortable in our midst. He's comfortable in ours. We want to be comfortable in his, right? And so welcome you, and thank you for being here. If you would, help us out on your way out. Outside at the Connection Center, it's the, one of those tables out there, there's a card, a personal information card. If you'd fill that out for us, that helps us know where folks are coming from and where you're from. And if you have any questions, I'll reach out to you via email and and just say, thanks for being here with us, so be sure and put your information there. That will help us. And you'll notice there's deposit boxes, little black boxes all over the place, and that's where you can just drop that in there. We appreciate that. For those of you that are watching online, we welcome our online congregation as well. And just, I'll say this in love, and I say it every week, is you're no less a part of what's going on here today simply because you're at home. And it's just a proximity issue. But God is not bound by proximity. Amen? By distance or time or anything. So... We hope, and our prayer is, and my prayer for you is that you'll experience the same ethos, the same atmosphere that we're experiencing here today with His presence. So thank you for joining us online. Now, in terms of prayer, we want to pray for you and lift you up. And so here's what we like to do. We invite you to write us at info at bridgefbg.com if you're online. Any prayer requests that you might have. For those of you that are here in-house... Same drill as before. You actually go out to the Connection Center, and there are prayer cards available for you. You can fill that information out. We're discreet with it, and you can drop it in the deposit box, any of those out there, and we'll get that. We want to pray for you and stand with you. And another part of that is that we like to pray for the churches in our area, in our community. I came off the hill this morning. I mention this every week almost, but I came off the hill this morning and was just overwhelmed by the beauty of Fredericksburg and the community and just praying for our community and believing God and calling out things. Last night, Annette and I came off the hill, and I just started praying spontaneously. 
in that same spot just praying over our city. So I want you to know you're loved. I want you to know you're covered. And uh, so join me in praying. So we want to pray for the other churches in our area and ask God for revival. So let's do that together right now. Father, in the name of your son, we're before you as sons and daughters. And Lord, we're, we have a huge ask today, but it's not big for you. It's big for us. But Lord, would you release spiritual awakening across the hill country? Would you release revival? Would you release a spirit of turning? Your word says, if my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, will heal their land. And Lord, even you said in that next verse that now in this place, prayers, you'll be attentive to the prayers that are made in this place. So Lord, that's our heart. So we call out for revival. We call out for spiritual awakening. Lord, that Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, will be lifted up. And even as he is lifted up, will draw all people unto himself. Lord, that's our heart, to see Jesus exalted. Lord, that no matter what's going on in this crazy world, Lord, we keep our eyes on Jesus. Just as Peter walked on water in the storm, we keep our eyes on Jesus through it all. And we bless you in it. We pray for the churches in our community. Lord, that you would explode revival in every church, spiritual awakening in every church, that life would happen in every church, that every church in Frederick would be a life-giving church, that people would find joy and peace and life in those congregations. Bless them, encourage them, encourage the pastors, and bless them as we continue to navigate uh, coming out of this pandemic and making our way through it. In Jesus' name, if you agreed, say amen. And amen. Amen. Just some housekeeping things to let you know what's going on. Got some announcements here. Sisterhood is happening tomorrow night at 6 p.m. You can see the slide up there. We have a very special guest. Sarah was uh, introduced us to uh, Dr. Roberta. She goes by Birdie, so it's Birdie to us. And introduced Annette and I to Birdie. We had lunch with her last week. And, and I was just, I can't even explain Birdie. She is a, uh, she's not a psychologist, she is a psychiatrist, she's an MD, amazing, amazing, she has degrees like craziness, but she was a Bible professor and a teacher in a Christian university for years, and then she went ahead and decided to go get her doctorate and get her PhD and all that, so she's now been a practicing clinical psychiatrist for something like 30 years, I mean, she, and when you sit in her presence, you'll know you've been in the presence of greatness. And I mean that because she will do everything in her power to build you up. And you know when you leave, you've been encouraged, you've been lifted. And I believe she'll do that for you. And so I'm inviting all of our ladies to come out tomorrow night, 6 p.m., right here in the family room. Sorry, guys, for the ladies only this time. We may get Birdie back because I'm telling you, we can all get something from Birdie. I'm just saying, she's amazing. So I'm encouraging you to come to that. And if you'll let us know, you can sign up there at the... Uh, Booth or just show up, right? Just come tomorrow night at 6 p.m., all right? And then also we have our Intro to Connect group starting September 20th, which is going to be a luncheon, so we need you to register for that. You can go to our website to do that. There is a graphic on there. You can click on it, our new website, by the way. And also uh, J uh, J Pastor Jeffrey is going to be right there at the Connect Center right after the service. He's a really look good-looking guy. He was sitting over there earlier, and I'm not sure he was at. Where are you at, Jeffrey? Oh, he's out there. So he'll be out there. Be sure and go talk to him. If you're interested at any level of connecting, 
uh, being part of a small group, we call them connect groups here, we want you to come to that and get involved and get connected because connection is protection. So uh, again, see him and then he can get you registered for that as well. And then on September 26th, we're celebrating, we're joining with literally thousands of churches and hundreds of thousands of people, believers, across America and the world to participate in a day of prayer and intercession for our nation and ultimately the world. It's called The Return, and we're going to host the simulcast here at the bridge. And so it starts at 8 a.m. on Saturday the 26th, it goes all day, and here's the thing, there'll be worship, prayer, intercession for the world, for nations, for everything, and it'll be various people bringing messages and encouragements all through that. That'll be an all-day event. You can come all day, you can come part of the day, but here's what we ask you to do. No matter when you come during the day, be sure and come back that night at 6 p.m. We're going to have a full-on night of worship with our bridge worship team and we're going to end that day of prayer and intercession with worship and prayer as we just celebrate Jesus and we cry out for revival in our time so that'll be that's a big day on the 26th so we want to invite you to come out and be a part of that if you're interested and you can register and get information they'll send you a daily devotional as well if you go online and you go to our website and it has the return and the return dot org uh, to get that information. So, love to have you come out and be a part of that. Now, we want to turn our attention to communion, one of my favorite things that we do. And the reason we do it every week at the bridge, we're not churches of Christ. We're not. But what we are, are followers of Jesus. And so, Jesus said, whenever you gather like this, he was talking to his disciples, he said, I want you to remember me. Amen. And so, in a very real sense, we're not reclining around a table participating in the Last Supper. But we are together in the context of worship and family and the church of Jesus Christ. So in that context, we come together and we want to pause, just press pause on the drama of life right now. Because there's a lot of drama out there, amen? amen? Just press pause on it for a minute and let's take some time to be still before him, to celebrate communion with him. And I'll share a little more about that in just a minute. I'm going to grab mine. So if you don't have one of these, we've got folks ready to go. They're going to bring those to you if you weren't able to pick one up as you came in. They look like this. This is the communion elements. And during COVID, we're practicing this uh, so we can be safe and smart. So raise your hands real high. They can see you, and they will get these elements to you. And while they're doing it, a little housekeeping. Uh, if you will peel, you'll thank me later, if you'll peel the top layer, the clear plastic layer, and then you can peel the, the layer over the juice. I'm just telling you that'll help you out. So if you want to get ready for that, you can go ahead and do that while we're getting ready, get these elements handed out. Now, I believe that Jesus has given us the mind of Christ because the Word says it. Amen? Amen? That also, I believe we have a sanctified imagination, a set-apart imagination. And he's given us the ability to image things, to imagine so I want you to take yourself to the Last Supper. Now, forget the velvet painting in your great-grandmother's house. I'm talking about a group of guys who've been walking together for over three years, and they have seen everything. They've seen miracles. They've seen Jesus walk on water. They've seen lepers healed. They saw Lazarus get raised from the dead. And they've watched Jesus confound the religious rulers of their time, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, They've watched Jesus navigate all this craziness. And it's been amazing. And here they are, 
And they don't know it yet, but it's their last night together like that. But Jesus knows. And as he's with them, he does something interesting. He says, whenever you're together like this, I want you to remember me. And so that's why we do what we do. And I want you to know something. We practice open communion here at the bridge because I don't think Jesus would ever close his table down for anybody. In fact, he was known to hang around with a lot of pretty rough folks. (laughs) So we're in good company. Amen? Amen? And so Jesus, on that night before he was betrayed, he took a piece of bread. and It was matzo bread. It was unleavened. And he held it before him. He said, this is my body. My body given for you. We know that he gave himself because the scripture says that he, he says in himself, he says, they don't take my life, I lay my life down. So he literally laid his life down for us and he says, this bread represents that. This is my body. And then he took up a goblet of wine. It didn't quite look like this. It was a goblet of wine. And he said, this is my blood poured out for you. We know that there is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. We know that according to the scriptures. And he said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant. He says, I'm pouring it out for you. He said, when you come together, do this to remember me. So that's what we're doing right now in the midst of a crazy world, a world gone mad. We're going to pause and remember. Interesting thing, Paul later says, when participating in the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, he says that we should, we should examine ourselves. So I would ask you to do that right now. Examine your own heart. Now here's what you don't do. If you've had a rough week, if you had a bad moment, if you had a whatever, don't beat yourself up because he's not beating you up. We're going to talk about that later in the message. And I hope by the time we leave, you're going to be about 100 pounds lighter because the weight he's going to take off of your shoulders today. But in the context of that, just know he's got this, but better yet, he's got you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the privilege of common unity with you, common union. We celebrate our union with Christ. Jesus, thank you. We are remembering right now so great a salvation. We're remembering your goodness. We're remembering how you loved us when we couldn't even love ourselves. How you saw us as worthwhile when we felt like we were unworthy not worth anything. You loved us through it all. And that while we were still sinners, you died for us. Thank you. We remember. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take a moment now. We're going to pray over our kids as they get ready to go. Our our fifth graders down to to pre-K as they get ready to go to uh, Bridge Kids classes. I want to pray for our teachers as well. And let me just ask you to do something because it's easy to so, to not over not really enter into this, but here's the thing. Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. What we say matters. And when we pray over the next generation, whether it's students, college students, youth, children, what we say matters. And how we pray for them matters. And you've been given authority to literally step into the place with the mind of Christ, being justified before Him, made righteous before Him, and you can come before Him and you can, with your mouth, declare destiny over the next generation. So I want us to enter into this together. I don't want to take this lightly at all.
Because we are praying over the children who are going to be the next generation of world changers. Do you believe that? We haven't done a great job with it just looking around lately. I'm saying we need a generation of world changers. We need a generation of difference makers. And we need a generation of culture shapers to rise up. Amen? So may we be the floor which becomes the launching pad for them, not the ceiling over their lives. Amen? So I'm serious about this. Let's enter in and let's pray and believe God for their destiny. Because let me tell you, the enemy is trying to cut them off at the pass before they ever reach their destiny. Amen? Would you, would you be bold enough to agree with me? All right, for our children to get ready, we want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we present these children. I escort them into your corridor. I escort them before the throne that you sit on, that a throne made entirely of grace. And Father, I bring them, we bring them together. We herd them together down that corridor before your throne of grace. And your word says we can come with confidence and with boldness before your throne. And Lord, we ask God for them, first of all, that you would protect them. And that you would protect the destiny and the callings and the giftings that are on their lives. And Father, we speak life over them, destiny over them. Father, that they will not be cut short or cut off, or the enemy will not have the power to derail their lives and derail their destiny. So, Lord, we declare life over them. We declare zoe, the God kind and the God quality of life over their lives. Father, for our teachers, Lord, that are down there with them, Lord, anoint them to empower these children to become who you called and destined them to be. Lord, not halfway, not 60%, not 70 but 100%, all that you have called them to be, dreamed them to be, created them to be. And we declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. Can we bless our children as they head to their class? <laughs> and now we're also going to worship through our giving today and through generosity. Annette and I had the privilege of having dinner with one of our families from our church. And we were talking, and they were just sharing a testimony of how God taught them about giving and how God blessed them in their giving. We were like, that is so awesome because that has been our testimony as well. And let me tell you something. When we talk about giving in church, people get a little nervous. You can almost feel the atmosphere shift sometimes because people get nervous. But here's the good news. God gave it to us to start with. Can I get an amen? amen. He is the provider. He's the one who provides seed for the sower. So as we sow... We know it's not out of our stuff, it's out of his abundance. And so when we sow, we actually make a difference with our giving. Now I ask you to do this on an ongoing basis, I'm gonna, and I'm going to ask you to do this again. Again, I'm just on this thing about the power of our words today. I want to ask you to bless your offering today. Now here's the deal. If you gave online, God bless you and thank you. That's amazing. Keep doing it. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and show these while, we're, while I'm talking about this. It, three ways to give. We now have a couple of new on-ramps. First of all, you can always go to Bridge FBG, and you can give there online through our giving portal there, and you'll see it at the top of the page. Also, now we have Text to Give. We just started that. A few people actually stepped into that last week. Text to Give. You just text 84321. You'll set it up the first time, just like you would in any account, and then from then on, it's in, and you've got that. Now... There's another piece to this, Download Church Center. It's an app that for your phone. You can download that app, 
And you can give from that app. You can contact us from that app. Uh, you can check in for students and others who are working. You can check in on Sundays. You can do a lot through that app. So Church Center, and then once you download the app, you'll need to, it says what to do there, you need to go to Bridge Church, Fredericksburg, Texas. It's a scroll down box. Click on that. And then once you do that once, you're locked in. You're in from, from then on, and then you'll be able to use that app. But here's what I want to ask you to do. As we give today, I want to ask you to bless your offering. Whether you're giving electronically or you're physically putting a check or whatever in one of the boxes around here, I'm going to ask you to bless it. Death and life are in the power of the tongues. We need to be the kind of people who are known to speak life constantly. Speak life consistently. And so I want to ask you to speak over your offering today. Uh, this is something that Dan and I have practiced for years and years, where we will bless that offering. We'll, I mean, just like you would your own meal, to say the name of Jesus. First of all, God, I thank you that you're the provider. You are my provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. And I thank you for that. And Lord, I bless this offering. I sow this into the kingdom, trusting for the transformation of lives and the advancement of the kingdom in my time. Make it your own prayer, but that's how we pray over ours. So I want to invite you to do that. And as you get ready to give, uh, I want to just say thank you for your consistent giving. We are a church that is blessed here in Fredericksburg, and we are grateful for it. And we're grateful to our Father for making provision for us. So as we prepare, we're going to worship and engage the Lord in worship. And while we do that, I'm going to invite you to get up out of your seat if you brought your offering today and you go to any of the black boxes around and you can, you can give your offering there. But bless it before you do. Amen. Let's all stand together. I'll pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We honor you. Thank you that we look a whole lot more like you and we're generous. And that's our heart today, to be generous people. Thank you for your provision and your goodness, Lord. We'll never apologize for being blessed. We're just grateful. And we love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen and amen.
about this morning of praise. Amen. Yes. Amen. Would you please be seated as we uh, prepare our hearts to receive the word from Pastor Jimmy. We're also going to turn the lights on real quickly as the video plays so that you can take good notes. For a number of weeks, we've been talking about various revivals, some classical and historical revivals, some more contemporary, which we talked about last week. And I'm going to share a little bit more of something that really imprinted my life uh, as I was a college student. We had one of our professors, my, well, I had two favorite, really favorite professors, but one of them was Dr. Frankie Rainey. And uh, it's going to sound weird, but he was a Greek professor, like the hardest class ever. And yet he was my favorite professor. He gave me a profound love and a desire to, A, for Jesus, second, for a love for God's Word, and a love for God's Word in the original language, and that's what created that desire and that hunger for me to always dive in and go deeper and mine out the jewels that are in the Scripture, and Dr. Frankie Rainey was an interesting guy. He was not at all typical. Now, I went to a very conservative uh, college up in Brownwood, Texas, Howard Payne University, wonderful school, great experience for me. But here's the thing, and maybe some of you have experienced this at some point in your life or another, but I got born again right at the end of high school, so I was absolutely on fire when I went to college. And my mentality and thought about going to college, especially going to a Christian school, was it was going to be perpetual youth camp. <laughs> my mentality was, I'm going to this Christian college everybody's going to be excited about Jesus like me. They're there to study for the ministry, which is what I was doing. And so everybody's on fire. Everybody's excited. This is going to be amazing. And when I got there, it wasn't. And I was like, what in the world? So you got to understand, there's a lot of firsts for me in those early years of coming to know Jesus. Because you have to understand something. Maybe you guys were raised in church and y'all never messed up growing up. But listen, I, I was a total mess when I came to God. I'd been trying it on my own, and it wasn't working. And I was trying ways to escape, whether it was drugs, alcohol, and I'm going to stop there. I was doing stuff to try to bury the pain that was in my life and to try to numb and hide from what I really needed to engage with, which was my future, my destiny. 
And I was ignoring that, running from it, escaping from it by doing a lot of other things. So when I came to know Jesus, it was like my world exploded. I mean, it went from pitch black, dark to bright light, kind of like when we turn on all the lights in here. And it's like, yeah, in fact, go ahead and turn on all the lights. We'll get an experience here. You can leave them on too. It's like that. I mean, from darkness to light. And my world just came alive. Color was better. I mean, everything was better. Storms were exciting and new. I mean, everything was new and fresh to me because as a new follower of Jesus, I was born again. See, God didn't save me to make me a better me. He saved me to make me a new person. Amen. He gave me a new heart. So the only thing that was similar to my past was my Texas accent. And, and just the way I looked, my earth suit. But oh, on the inside, everything shifted. Not only did my heart shift, my mindset shifted. Amen. See, the Bible says we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. But actually, that means to be transformed by changing the way you think. And when God changes your heart, your mind goes right along with it. My mind was changed. My heart was changed. Nothing looked the same. It was a whole new world. It was though I just stepped onto a whole new continent to discover, just waiting to be discovered. And that's how life was for me. So I come to college, and I'm like raging on fire, excited about new life, and I hit the academic wall, and I hit the we've never done it that way before wall. I mean, I hit all every wall there was, every sacred cow. I was bumping into them, knocking them around. I mean, because I was excited about Jesus. And I didn't understand why no one else seemed to be that way. So, I began to pray. I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me here because I'm finding myself very discouraged. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Which, as a new Christian, a lot of things are not what you thought it was going to be. I had to learn. And I had to navigate those things. That was part of my growing up, spiritually. And so I began to pray, and God began to bring people to me who were a lot like me. They were just hidden gems all over the campus. And we eventually found each other during that first two semesters, where it was now became this group of young people who were praying for, here it is, you're never going to believe this, we were praying for revival and spiritual awakening. So you have to understand, this is not just a one-time shot for me. 40 days of rain, that's just a way of calling it some emphasis. But this is an ongoing lifestyle for me. Seeking God for spiritual awakening and for revival. And when I talk about revival, to clarify, I'm not talking about having a great worship service and calling it a revival. I'm talking about the body of Christ in Fredericksburg in the hill country here awakening at the same time, eyes open, almost like Paul, when the scales drop from his eyes and they suddenly realize how amazing Jesus is. Not just religious, not just warm fuzzies, not just trying to repeat the past and go back, but actually how amazing he is right here, right now, today, in this moment. That from this moment, you can have new life, fresh life, and a new beginning right here, right now. Right. That's my prayer for all of us. I'm praying dangerous for you in case you're feeling some weird stuff happening around your life. It's my fault. I just take total credit for that. I'm trying to wreck you for God. Because how many of you know 
I want and I believe that there's a destiny on Fredericksburg. People come here for refreshment of one kind, but how many of you know they could come here and get refreshment of a whole other kind? I'm talking living water here, living water. That they leave and they go, there's something different about that town. Yeah, the wineries are awesome. Yeah, downtown's amazing. Wow, there's always something to do. But, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit is all over that place. Amen? Why not here? Why not now? Why not us? Amen? Yeah, join me in that prayer and believing God for revival. Well, that was my attitude showing up at campus and going, hey, let's go get them. You know? And uh, I found quickly that wasn't everybody's idea. So... I did find out this, though. One of my professors, the one I was mentioning just a minute ago, I found out that he prayed through, and it was a little rumor, that he actually, on a daily basis, prayed through his entire grade book by name. I found out one of my professors prayed for me by name every, every day of the week, five days a week, every school day. Now, I heard about it, but I didn't know for sure, and I wasn't about to ask him, you know, hey, I heard this, but I wasn't going to do that. Anyway, I was enamored by Pat, by, by, uh, Frankie Rainey, he was an amazing man of God, is an amazing man of God. So one day, I'm going back to the prayer room. Don't know why I was at school at 7.15 in the morning. I don't know what happened, something. But I was there early. Class didn't start till 8. So I thought, I'm going to go over to the prayer room. I walk in, and I almost stumble over him, almost step on him. It's my professor, Dr. Rainey. And he's on his face on the ground, on the ground, in a suit, on the ground with the grade books, his grade books from all of his classes laid out in front of me. Ah, it gets me emotional thinking about it. And he was praying through all the, praying over the students by name. Let me tell you, that imprinted my life. To know that somebody's praying for me every day, you know what that does for us? It did for me. It emboldened me. If you thought I, wasn't, well, I was on fire at that point, it was like Katie barred the door after that. The horses were out of the gate. To know that a Bible professor is praying for me every day made me, I was hoping he was praying for my grades because that was a tough class. He was a hard professor. Everybody knew it, but he would love you, but he was tough because he wanted to mine out the best he could in us. But my life was marked by that. In those four years, I experienced revival as a lifestyle, not as a moment or an event. And that that just changed the trajectory of my life. Revival. Not just a moment, not just an event, although it can come in moments and it can come at events, but it's not just that. We're talking about a lifestyle of revival where you are a revival looking for a place to happen. Listen, and don't, don't go back to old school stuff. Don't go back and think, oh, I don't, I, I don't know how, what that looks like. What it looks like is that everywhere you show up, Fruit happens. Amen. Lives are touched. People are lifted. Even if you don't even say anything, somebody walks away from you going, there's something different about that guy. There's something different about that lady. Because life flows out of you. I was telling you about Birdie earlier, going to be with us tomorrow night with our ladies. She's that. She's a revival just looking for a human being to break out on. And I'm telling you, you show up, you're going to get it. So you need to go and just get close to her. Get in her orbit. Breathe her atmosphere. That's what I'm talking about, a lifestyle. We talk about lifestyle evangelism. We talk about lifestyle worship. What about lifestyle revival, where you're just a revival looking for a place to break out? Listen to this in Romans chapter 5. I want to talk to you because there's some groundwork.
that needs to happen in us because you need to be convinced of some things that I wonder if we're all convinced of. So let's look at the scripture. Romans chapter 5, we'll have it on the screen. If you've got your Bible, your phone, whatever, pull it out. Listen to this. I hope that by the time we leave today, you're going to have a whole nother level of peace and a whole nother level of joy. You know, I love it when the shepherds were there and the angels showed up to announce Jesus. And they said, we bring you what? Glad tidings of great joy. You know why most people don't have great joy? Because they never got the glad tidings part. We get glad tidings. That's the gospel. Good news. Let me tell you, the rest will follow. And you won't be able to stop smiling. And you won't be able to stop leaking out everywhere you go when you get it. So I believe we're going to get it today before we get out of here. Amen? Listen to this. All right. Thank you for two people saying amen. I appreciate that. I feel affirmed. Here we go. Listen to this in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I've got to break some of this down for you. Because at a cursory reading, you're going to go, okay, amen, yeah, I've read that before. I read that. I did the version Bible. I've read that before. But here's the deal. We need to know what justified means. See, it's a theological term. You have justification, sanctification, glorification. There's all these terms that we throw around and we assume we all know what they mean, but we don't. We don't. Man, when I was a young Christian, I got in church and everything was a foreign language. We call it Christianese, right? We have our own code words and code language, and we just assume everybody knows what we're talking about. I didn't know what they were talking about. And I know I say a lot of things that some of y'all are going, that's nice. I'm, I love his passion, but I don't know what he just said. I mean, I have no clue. So let's break this down for a second, because if you can get this, peace and joy will follow. We're justified. So we talk about sanctification. That's the working out of our salvation with fear and trembling over a lifetime. Sanctification is the, the journey of growth, the journey of maturity. It's the highs, the lows. It's the suffering that produces. It's the life that produces. It's all that mixed together. That's sanctification. And that'll be the rest of your natural life. So, so buck, fasten your seatbelts. You're in for the long haul. Justification is different. Justification is what happened the day you stepped over the line to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and as the Lord of your life. Amen. Justification happened in that moment. Right. Now, how do, So what does justification mean? Uh, it's got justice in there somewhere. What does that mean? Here's the easiest way to remember it. Justified is just if I'd never sinned. Right. Let me say that again. This is critical. If you don't get this, this is like algebra. You won't get the rest. You know, algebra is layers, right? And I didn't get the first layer in high school. I'm just saying. I'm pretty upset with Dr. Mr. Rottmeyer for that. But so the rest of it was torture. But if you can get this one thing today, why got one job today, and it's to convince you that you're justified. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. Can we say that together out loud? Say it, one, two, three, just as if I'd never sinned, okay, justified. You should write that down. You need to remember this because what's going to happen is the enemy's going to tell you, yeah, but, yeah, but you did this. Let me tell you something. When you were justified in Christ, look what it says. It says we've been justified through what? Faith. Not by how you feel, not by how you think, but by faith. 
It's what you believe and what you trust and know to be true here. So it's not even about this. It's about this. Just as if I'd never sinned. Let me tell you something. Jesus did not save you so he could just forgive your sins. He saved you so he could redeem you and restore you back to the original condition and your original intent before sin entered in. Oh, man, nobody got that. If he did, somebody would be dancing right now. So here's the deal. Let me say it again. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate one. I got one dancer. Don't do that again. That was awkward. So I'm kidding. I'm just messing with you. Thanks for trying. <laughs> He's like me if I tried. Trust me on that. Just as if I'd never sinned. Here's the deal. Gosh. We don't accept Jesus so we can go to heaven. We accepted Jesus so God could get heaven into us. Amen. He so badly wants us to understand that when Jesus said, hey, we have the mind of Christ, Paul said that, You've been, you have the mind of Christ, that we literally have the mind of Christ. Amen. When he tells us in Romans, back in the same book, chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now, someone say now, what do you think now means in the Greek? It probably means now. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. By the way, there's no stipulations on that about how you behaved last week. About how mad you got in traffic on the 10 last week. Oh, wait, I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about it has no stipulation towards your behavior because it doesn't matter. Oh, that's so hard to receive. Isn't it hard to receive? Because, I mean, hey, we, we, we're pure in work ethic, right? You, get, you work eight hours, you get paid eight hours. You sin eight hours, you have to pay eight hours. But that's not the kingdom of God. It's not. The Bible says this, you've been made to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You've been made to be righteous. Not you... Not that you somehow figured out how to be and you started acting that way. You were made to be that way by Jesus himself. Amen. You're righteous. If you're in Christ, you're righteous as you sit here in your seat today. And it is truly for you just as if you'd never sinned. The day that drops for you, I'm praying it's today. Holy Spirit, help us here. I'm praying it's today because if that drops for you today, you will not, you're, the rest of your life will be different. Your trajectory will change from this day forward when you understand that you are justified right now. Oh, I know. It's a wrecking ball, isn't it? That's a big one to wrap our minds around. Stop trying to wrap your mind around it. Wrap your heart around it. See, I pray this prayer. I say, Lord, open our eyes that we may see, our ears that we may hear. But here's the last part of that. Our hearts that we may know the truth Amen. that makes us free. Right. Don't ever forget, truth's not a concept. It's not an idea. It's not an idiom. Truth is a person. That's right. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by or through me. So you right now, brothers, sisters, family, you're justified right here, right now. As you sit here, as it's as though you've never sinned. So when I look out, I don't see a bunch of 
bunch of sinners, a bunch of reprobates. I don't see that. I see the bride of Christ. I see the body of Christ, pure and spotless, without a wrinkle. Why? Because he made you that way. That's your identity, by the way. Your behavior is not your identity. What you got busted for 15 years is not your identity. What someone calls you and tells you or what people say you are, that is not your identity. Your identity is who Jesus says you are. He says you are justified. Amen. That is who you are right now. Someone say amen by faith. Amen. <laughs> amen. Let's keep moving. It just gets gooder and gooder. Here we go. Listen to this. We've been justified through faith. We have peace with God. We have peace. You know what that word is? It's irene in the Greek, irene. It is literally shalom is the equivalent in the Hebrew and it literally means this, whole. So get this. In one, in one verse, we're told that we have been justified. It's just as if you've never sinned and you've already been made whole. Amen. You're like, wait, you don't know me, Pastor Jimmy. I'm a hot mess. I'm like, so what? So what if that's your behavior? According to him, you're whole now. Amen. The shalom of God is on your life. The peace of God, the irony, which literally means nothing missing, nothing broken. That is who you are now. Not who you're going to be someday. Not who you're trying to become and striving toward. You are that now. Amen. That seventh grader, that seventh grade boy that drives you crazy, who gave his heart to Jesus when he was 11 and got baptized, guess what? Justified. I know he doesn't act that way sometimes, but he's justified before Christ. And so are you, family. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're justified. And if you're not because you've never stepped over the line to follow Jesus, you can make that right this morning. Today can be the first day of the rest of your eternity. Today. Justified. A couple more verses. Here we go. Let's keep going. Verse 2. Listen to this. Through whom, this is Jesus he's speaking of, through whom we have gained access. Wait a minute, we have an all-access pass. Man, it was a big deal when I was young, got to go to a concert, and I got a backstage pass. I mean, I'm walking around going, hey, backstage pass, all-access, I'm in, I'm in, I can go anywhere I want with this pass. Let me tell you, as a child of God, you've been given access to his presence. You've been given access to his attention. The God of heaven who formed the universes and the galaxies will listen to you in your moment. Right now, he can listen to your own heart. You've been given access by faith, a lot of faith stuff going on here, into this grace in which we now stand. That's where we are now. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Man, I've broken this down for you all a dozen times. The word hope literally means joyful and confident assurance, joyful and confident expectation of a desired good. Joyful and confident expectation of desired good, which means this. If I trust and believe and have hope, that means I am confident that there is a desired good on the other end of whatever I'm going through. But here's what happens in the middle of that. Another theological word, sanctification. We don't like this word. It's the word process. 
See, God is getting you to something, but he's going to have to get you through something so that you'll have the character to handle it when you get to it. Did you hear me? There's no way I can repeat that. That was semi-inspired, and I can't even go back there. We'll have to watch it on video later. He's getting you to something, but you will have to go through something because he has to produce something in us. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered? What? Jesus had to suffer? Well, duh. Read the Bible. Listen, he suffered. Sweat, great drops of blood, was abused, beaten, tortured, flogged, which is brutal. It's this close to death, 49 minus 1 stripes. That's one less from death, one moment from death. And yet it says he had to, he had to, so if Jesus had to learn obedience to the things he suffered, why are we whining about the things we're suffering? You know what we're doing? God's producing something. He's sanctifying us. He's getting us to something, but it's on the other side of this. Oh, man, if you can get that perspective, if you can get that perspective, go, wait, I'm going through this. God didn't cause it, didn't create it, but, oh, he will use it. He causes all things to work together for our good. He's not causing all things. He causes all things to work together for our good. And if I will fasten my seatbelt and ride and take the journey with him through it, on the other side of that, on the other side of that is hope, a desired good. He's producing, and he tells us this right here. Verse 3, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Wow. We rejoice in them. But here's why. It's because they have perspective. Because we know that suffering produces. Before I even tell you what it produces, you need to know something. Suffering produces something. It is not wasted. God is the ultimate economist. He doesn't waste an ounce of what you're going through. He doesn't waste anything. He is the ultimate steward of everything. And the fact that he doesn't waste it means whatever is going on, he can turn it for my good. Because whatever the enemy comes at you with, God will flip it on its ear. Because he loves you that much. Because you're justified. Because you have hope. Listen to what it says. Stay with me. Here's what it produces. So, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, that means the ability to press through to persevere through. It actually, suffering produces it. Uh, how many times have we said things, wow, boy, I don't like what I just went through, but I'm glad I survived it because next time, next thing comes on, I know what to do. Why? You learn from what you experience. You learn by what you go through. It trains us. Listen to this. Perseverance. What does perseverance produce? Character. You ever watch any of those lottery shows where these people, like the curse of the lottery, remember that? I mean, these people, like, they've had nothing, and then they win $6 million while all of us are going, uh, why not me? Well, yeah, I didn't buy a ticket. Okay, it's not going to happen. But these people, they win, and you're like, wow, that must be amazing. Their whole life has changed. Many of them, their life is destroyed. Why? Because they didn't work for it. There was no character built that gave capacity to handle it. You know, if God was to give you the full meal deal, it would crush you right now. Why do I know that? Because when he leaks out stuff on me, it sometimes crushes me. It's because my character isn't quite ready to carry that yet. 
Here, God's working on something, family. Listen to this. Character. What does character do? It's capacity to carry. Here's the next one. That produces, we're back to hope. We started in hope. Notice how it goes full circle back to hope. Full circle back to this joyful and confident expectation. By the way, joyful means you might have a smile on your face. You might actually enjoy what's happening here. I've got this little sign in my bathroom I love. It's my favorite sign. It says, today I choose joy. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Confident and joyful expectation of a desired good. You know what that desired good is? He's going to pour his love into your heart. And he's going to do it through his Holy Spirit. Family, you're justified. No condemnation. Oh my gosh. Heaven in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is who you are. And when we begin to live in that awareness, not as a theory, but as a reality, we'll live in revival. We will live in perpetual revival. You'll become that annoying lover person who loves everybody and talks to everybody and always has something to share. You'll become that person because you will not be able to contain it. We used to sing a song, so blessed I can't contain it. So blessed I got to give it away. That's what we're heading towards. And I'm believing that for you. I want to invite our worship team up. We're going to go out. We're going to declare a blessing. I've been all on the power of words today. We're about to declare a blessing over you as you go out and engage your week. So we'll get them up here. As they come up and we get ready for this, I want to invite you to something. I want to invite you to a new life. There are some of you here. You come. You've been here week in and week out. There's some in the first service. Been here. I know you by name, by face, but you've never really stepped over the line to go all in with Jesus. I mean, you love him from a distance, but here's the deal. It's not enough to know about God. He wants you to know him. Yeah. He, want, he knows you, but he wants you to know him. And you can't know somebody that you're not spending time with. And so he was, wants to invite you into a relationship today, to step over the line and go in with him. It's not that complicated. In fact, it's so simple. He said, unless you become like a child, like a kid, you'll in no wise get the, heaven, the kingdom of heaven. You won't even get it unless you're like a kid. So it's not complicated. No Bible scholars, no Bible degree required, no foreknowledge required. Just the sense of, you know what? I'm going to trust Jesus, and that's the first step. I'm going to take a step today. If you want to do that, I want to invite you. I'm going to pray with you. A simple prayer that's just sort of an initiate. It's just stepping over. And then also, Pastor Jeffrey's going to be out there. You'll see him. He's out there in the hallway. And if you make that decision, you can come talk to me. You can come talk to Annette. You can come talk to Jeffrey. You can talk to Russ. You can talk to Doyle back there. You can talk to any of us, our elders, Don, any of us. We will talk to you about Jesus, and we'll, we'll help you take that first step right here today. You can do that. Why don't we all stand to our feet and get ready? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you and we honor you and we bless you. Lord, thank you for justification. Ah, it's a mind blower. I pray, Holy Spirit, that by revelation you would release this into all of our hearts, not just our minds, but our hearts and our spirits. We may truly know that we can live just as we've never sinned. I hold them up. 
Father, there are some here that have never stepped over the line to really get to know you. They know about you, but they don't know you. And I know that's your heart, this relationship. So if you're here this morning, with your head bowed, your eye closed, everybody, just be in agreement. And just be in agreement with this prayer. I'm going to pray out loud. Super simple. But it'll be your first step in. Take that step today. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for me. Thank you for the resurrection to new life that you did for me. I don't understand everything. I don't fully get it. But I'm taking a step today toward you. Would you come into my heart right now? I give you my heart. I give you my life. Would you save me? Would you teach me? I want to be born again. I confess before you, I've been a sinner. I've I've sinned my whole life. And I now give that all over to you. Because I want to be justified. So I give you everything. And I invite you into my heart right now. Thank you for saving me. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. Taking the first step. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Here's what I believe in my heart. I'm not doing a show of hands. I'm not, this is not for me. This is for you and your heart. And if you want to tell somebody about it, we're here. We'll be around after we finish. You can come tell somebody about it. Do. But I'm not, no pressure here. I want your heart to be right before anything and that you take the first step on your journey. And so can we give a hand for those who made that decision today? Because I believe people did. I believe it. Now together as a family, let's sing this blessing out. Let's go out with this.
Some of you need to leave, and you're free to go. You're dismissed. But if you can stay a little longer, we're going to go through this again and just linger in his presence and receive this favor and this blessing. Oh 
celebrate what he's done, what he's doing. Amen. If the Lord has moved in your heart this morning, please share it with us before you go today. Bless your name. As you go, God bless you. You're dismissed.